Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Ward. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it is our first show in December, which means it is a very merry time of year. Ho, ho, ho. How, 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 how. And we are going to kick things off with Vincent's first holiday selection, Almost Christmas from yes. 2016, a film written and directed by David Talbert and starring Danny Glover, Monique. Kimberly Elise, Nicole Allery Parker, Gabrielle Union, Carrie Hilson, Jesse Husser, who is not in Almost Christmas. Did you say Gladys Knight? Blink and you will miss her. Blink and you'll miss her. The gorgeous, the one and only Gladys Knight. The Empress of Soul is, the, I believe, the made-up political term that they came up for her. Very, yeah. very true. We also have uh, Romani Malco, DC Young, John Michael Higgins in this film that we will be reviewing tonight. It's the holiday season, Vincent. Yes, it is. Are you ready for the holiday season? Uh, hey, man, ready or not. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> ready or not. It's it's coming. It's coming. So looking forward to having a good time and looking forward to a good show with you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're going to kick things off real quick with some listener mail missives from the missionaries. And this is actually a YouTube comment that okay. we received, Vincent, that I want to share with you. Okay. This was in regards to our review of the toy. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 1982. Speaking of Christmas and, and that's that seems like a. Although the toy doesn't take place at Christmas, does it? Wait, does he get him for Christmas? Or I for can't his remember birthday? if he gets it, it for Christmas or his birthday. Yeah. I don't remember. Right, right, right. It's all a blur with the toy. Well, you know, slaves <laughs> are like blue blazers. You can actually get them for a variety of holidays. That's true. So they go for all occasions. You know, Easter basket. Mm-hmm. It's a little awkward if it's one of the presents for Kwanzaa, but there you go. People have been known to make them happen. Right. But but yeah, the toy, I think, was his birthday. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, the comment we received via YouTube was from one Miss Green. Hey, Miss Green. One hour and 38 minutes of giggling and simple tech difficulties. I don't remember the tech difficulties that we experienced on that show. But it, it sounds right. It sounds about right. Yeah. One guy can't stop giggling and the other is irritated and getting angrier, angrier by the minute. The first guy is absolutely clueless that his co-host Vince can't stand his giggling. <laughs> Please try again, fellas. <laughs> 
So you were giggling. And I was angry. Well, at first she was ambiguous. But then she said. Then she found her hammer and it, hit it, it dead it, on the nail. Dead on, dead on the nail. Yes, I right. was giggling. And you were growing increasingly angry. Increasingly. Angry with, with my giggling. Right, right. Do you remember that? I have of, no memory of that whatsoever. Have you? Well, well but. I also don't know if I've heard you giggle. Well, I don't know. Are you a giggler? You've never struck me as a giggler. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a giggler. If things strike me as funny, I laugh. You laugh, but you're not really a giggler. One who gets giggly. I don't think I am. However, one who engages in giggling. When I saw this YouTube post, okay, I did ask my lady about it. Do you giggle? Well, I asked her whether or not she felt that sometimes I might be going on a little long with something or and did you ever notice that vincent might be sitting there and actually be getting angry with right because i'm usually so succinct and focused well with my commentary and analysis according to her uh-huh. according to her she said that there are times when she can tell that you are far past the moment when you want to move on Okay. And I am oblivious to it. Oblivious. And just keep going down tangent lane. Tangent lane. Again, because I'm usually so focused. Yes. With my commentary and analysis. (laughs) (laughs) So. But that's how the magic happens. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, I'm looking in the chat with the missionaries. And did we say good evening to them? We did. Okay. Um, Sharon Eldridge says that I'm going to need to eventually see the bottom of Len's shirt. Oh, my shirt. Oh, okay. I have have on my Umbaku vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shirt there. There you go. Um, But Sharon also says that Len does sometimes giggle. Okay, so there we have it. We have proof. We we have the we we have someone co-signing on the giggling. Co-signing, co-signing on my giggling. Apparently oblivious giggling. Yes. George Camona says that there are levels to the rage. <laughs> Talking about you. Sort of a rage lasagna. Uh, lasagna? I, it's okay. a lasagna of rage. Okay, okay, yes. L- I guess lasagna has has levels. Maybe levels of rage. Yes, yes. Maybe rage. So you have you have lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> You, you're making me giggle, Vince. And now, and now you're giggling. But this sounds like intentional giggling versus oblivious giggling, which you were doing no during the toy. The toy, obviously, I was apparently, doing, yeah, apparently, because I don't remember. I don't remember either. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know if that was a note or an observation or. <laughs> You know, folks, we 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 just make the podcasts and we put them out in the world, and we, we and and once you release them out into the world, there you go. They're they're on their own. Well, Miss Green, I will try and do better, as will I. <laughs> You're going to get angrier, hey, better. Hey, man, I'm just look, man. <laughs> You're going to get more angrier. Look, look, I, look. <laughs> hopefully, I'm better today than I was yesterday, and tomorrow I'll be better than I am today. Okay, whatever it is we're talking about okay 
All right. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Farrell Blackwell says it's perhaps a rage parfait. A rage parfait. Are there levels to parfait? I'm not I a didn't big parfait know that. guy. I, I didn't know. I thought maybe there was a parfait that I didn't know about, which seems reasonable but certainly because i don't know much not about a parfait, parfait expert i i don't think i've ever eaten past a spoonful of one parfait right so you know perhaps there are levels to the parfait see i was about it's to like that. a rage turducken maybe no maybe it's a not rage a, turducken. It's, not, it's not a rage turducken it's not a rage that turducken. Is, certainly is not because there's no such thing as a turducken it's no such thing Wait, people make turduckins? Who makes a turduck? I mean, I've never made it, but you see it on 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 the internet. I don't th- like people have made them. So I don't think, but I don't, it's not like a real bird. No, it's not a real bird, but it's a real dish. Well, I suppose. Yes. Right. Yeah. There you go. All right. Are we done with this? I I'm. You're the one keep going down I rage. Am actually confused by this entire exchange, <laughs> and I'm trying to cover my confusion by riffing. I've been confused since the moment you said I'm going to read the comment. <laughs> I'm just going along with it. Now maybe you can get angry with me because I'm going on longer than you. So, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to give you a heads up that next week, next week on Thursday, December, no, Next week, December 15th. December 15th will be the world premiere of Ripples in Time, the new Kindred podcast presented by the Michelle Mission, hosted by myself and Vincent, as well as our two friends, Ariel Johnson and Charlene Griffith. It will be debuting Thursday, December 15th, 7 p.m. We will be live streaming the show for you right here on our YouTube channel. And then the podcast will go up as an audio on our feed on Friday morning. So tune in next Thursday. Going live. Yes, for Ripples in Time. Our review of the new Kindred TV series that will be dropping on Hulu by way of FX on December 13th. Collection of personalities who've never done this together before talking about something we've never talked about live doing it without a net folks don't yeah yeah without a net Mm -hmm. hopefully we will keep the giggling and the technical difficulties to a small small minimal but with a health healthy dollop of rage (laughs) yes there you go all right so that'll be next week all right we are going to keep this train moving we we have other things we have to get into. Okay. Such as, Vincent. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is... Top five, top where five. I come up with a crazy list and Vincent offers five. his scintillating commentary on it, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's top five list in... Uh, celebration and in commemoration of the film that we are going to be reviewing, which is almost Christmas. Mm -hmm. Tonight, we're going to do the top five almost Christmas movies. Oh. So these are movies that you might not think about it, but they are Christmas movies. Might be controversial. 
I don't think so. I don't think is so. Is the big one going to be on here? Are I, you going to make a definitive statement about where you stand? I actually on the definitive Christmas movie argument. I actually took the big one off of the list because I think that it's it's something that's been argued back and forth. And the big one for those who don't know is Bruce Willis's Die Hard. Absolutely. The argument is whether or not Die Hard, which does technically take place, I think it is is it Christmas Eve or I think he I know it's a Christmas party. Is a Christmas party. Is a Christmas that office his party. Goes to. Yeah. Right. Um that where Bruce Willis um in Die Hard shows up at his wife's Christmas party and then as you know hilarity ensues right in that film and the argument has always been whether or not is this a Christmas party or not I tend to lean on that it is not a Christmas party movie or Christmas movie Mm -hmm. excuse me because while it is a quote unquote Christmas party as far as I remember I don't remember there being a whole lot of Christmas like like imagery at even at the party Mm. you know what I mean like you're told that it's a Christmas party but there's not like there's not like a Santa Claus there's not people running around in the Santa Claus hat I don't I don't remember you know believe it or not I am not a diehard devotee okay so I actually haven't seen diehard in probably two or three years I feel like there's Christmas stuff around. Maybe it's maybe, but it, it, I mean, this certainly is not the focus of the movie. We know right, that. Right, right, right. And, and certainly it could have been any kind of office party mm-hmm. that kind of gets the ball rolling, which, right. Which I think the, my argument, I always argue that it's a Christmas movie just because I like to shake things up. Okay. But in my heart, I, I kind of count Christmas movies as movies that if you remove the Christmas element, it would change the movie. Gotcha. And I think Die Hard could have been any kind it of office been, party. Yeah. yeah. And, and it still retains the mm-hmm. magic yeah. of Die Hard. But, yeah. but Die Hard is not on the list. It's not on the list. Okay. It is not, it's not on the list. And neither is your brother's movie, because your brother Damon argues that Beat Street is a Christmas movie. Beat Street is a Christmas movie. Is it? Is it really a Christmas movie? Or does the, the Christmas happen to be a day that Well, falls- B Street has to be in the winter. So maybe not a Christmas movie, but it definitely has to be in the winter. Okay. So okay. Fair enough. maybe not. Of course, now that I think about it, except for Cool Modi's performance, does I don't it- know if Christmas. Oh, no. It has to be during the holidays because remember, Special K has the show on New Year's that he turns into the celebration okay yeah of Ramo's death yeah right that's right that's so right. it has so to it has be, to be actually during the holiday that holiday season yeah it's actually more of an argument for that to be a christmas movie than die hard hmm it has to be around new year's eve yeah fair enough fair and ramo has to die a week or so before yeah. new year's eve yeah yeah so okay, fair enough Farrell Blackwell says, this reminds me, does the new movie Violent Night count as a Christmas movie or an action movie? That is a Christmas action movie because Violent Night, which you may not, uh, have you seen the ads for that I've movie? I've seen the ads. With David Harbour. Sure, why not? Um, uh, of Stranger Days. It, it, things. It's Stranger Things, excuse me. Um, it's decidedly 
Christmas motif. He's supposed right, right. to be kind of like Santa Claus. Dress up Santa Claus. You know, so yes, it's a Christmas action movie. That definitely go. counts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? All right. None of these are on the list. Those are not on the list. Okay, well, what we got on the list? So we're going to go to our, our list, Vincent. And let's go to number five. Number five. All right. Number five. Now, number five is me di- dipping into my personal crate. Okay, it's your personal stash. So you know this is going to be a pre-civil rights move, move, movie. <laughs> Ralph Abernathy had to go see it in the afternoon in the balcony. Bring that, his popcorn with him. And that would be... There's no colors at the concession stand. From 1953, uh-huh. Stalag 17. <laughs> a heartwarming film. <laughs> Good Lord, <laughs> Wait a minute. Stalag 17, which stars William Holden, it takes place in a POW camp during World War II. It's fantastic. The yeah. movie, the movie that would inspire Hogan's heroes. Right, right, right. Because the only thing better than a POW camp in World War II is some madcap adventures. In a POW camp. It actually is a very funny film. It's not a, it's not a comedy, but it has very good comedic bits. Right, and it's funny. Right. But there, it, it does take place in this POW camp. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it coalesces right at, at the, holo- uh, the holiday season. Okay. There's a big scene uh, where the, the PO, uh, prisoners of war throw a big Christmas party mm-hmm. that then becomes integral to the plot. And then the days leading up after that into, I think into new year's or just before new year's mm-hmm. uh, kind of like still stay with, with the plot of the film. Um, and the way that they celebrate their, the, their Christmas party, considering that they are POWs and it's all men in this, um, in, in this camp, is actually a bit of a dialogue on how they had to, you know, try and maintain some level of, you know, civilization mm-hmm. within that environment, you know? Um, and it's a funny scene, but it do, do, does have some, the 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 drama in, intensifies in it as well as throughout the film. Um Okay, and it's a Christmas. Is that uh, is that Billy Wilder? Billy Wilder, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, one of his stuff. better. One of went well. He did very few bad films. But yeah, one yeah, of his yeah. It's good ones. stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. You saying Billy Wilder? Yes, actually brings to mind that number four on my list. Okay, it's another Billy Wilder film. Another Bill. <laughs> Look, man. If you're going to go old timey, like like if I got to go past barking dogs and go in the back door, the movie should be good. There you go. Uh, number four is The Apartment from 1960. Interesting. And why would you call this a Christmas movie? I would call this a Christmas movie because this film, which stars Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine mm-hmm. in her uh, movie debut, and mm-hmm. she's fantastic in it, and a uh, um, uh, uh, Fred McMurray, as you would never see him before and actually a, a movie that kind of like kind of like really he was nervous about taking because he's had like a good guy role but he he's great in the film this is before or after uh, my three sons 
this is like right in the in I think it's like right before my three sons. Interesting. But he's already started to cultivate that kind of like that good guy. Right, like he's Fred, yeah, he's Fred McMurray. Yeah, because yeah. actually outside of this and Double Indemnity, which was like years earlier, mm-hmm. he's always been like a good guy. Right. You know what right. I mean? But this is a Christmas movie. This is a Chris, Christmas movie because uh, it the the story revolves yeah. around Jack Lemon, who has like is a, a bachelor, and he loans out his apartment to all of the executives at his job, mm-hmm. um, and for 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 them to bring their mistresses, right, right, for to, right. And during the office Christmas party, that is where. There is a, a plot twist that happens that really sets this comedy into its more dramatic mode for mm-hmm. the rest of the film. And that dramatic mode stays interspersed with, of course, more comedy all the way through to the end of the film, which climaxes on New Year's Eve. Got so you. it is all centered right in there in that holiday season. Got you. Gotcha. And it's it's one of my it's one of my ten favorite movies. It's good stuff of all time. It's one of the best films, um, Oscar winning film. Everyone, if you haven't seen it, you should see and own the apartment by right. Billy Wilder. All right, so that's number four. Number four. Now number three is where it, three through two and one is where I get a little genre-y with okay. it. Okay, and I the films are in color. Right, so <laughs> I won't be accused of reckless eyeballing when I say put some butter in between the popcorn right before you fill up the, right okay so number three <clears throat> number three edward scissorhands from 1990 okay all right which takes place in the uh in chris around christmas time absolutely definitely have the snow it's uh a big part of the motif absolutely of the film, the tim, imagery tim of burton actually likes those yeah contrasting tones mm-hmm. of, of the gothy, gothy and, edward yeah. you know yeah. edward and stuff yeah. it's got vincent price in one of his last roles yeah yeah um this is before nightmare before christmas nightmare the nightmare before the nightmare yeah this is before that right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah so so like i said he definitely likes those tones mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and it's just a really you know a, a, a heartwarming film mm-hmm um, and I don't know because of it's you know the gothicness of it, and it's kind of like you know it's Tim Burton, so it's kind of like a you know yeah. I don't know if people necessarily think of it right as a Christmas movie. Well, they go to the Nightmare Before Christmas if they're right. going Tim Burton, which is which. Let's you know, put it out there. He produced. He didn't direct that film. Interesting. Did you know that? I don't think I knew that before this exact second. Really. Is I, that is that Henry's uh, Haley Selly? He's the one who directed, right? Okay, I guess I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's actually the director, but he's it's, it's his name. Everybody, I mean, he's channeling Burton. Burton's vision. True, but he it's it's his. But he did the work. He did the work. Yeah. A lot of it is a lot of his designs. Yeah. Okay. So you know the man deserves his deserves his credit. That's number three. Number two. Number two. Trading places. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. I don't even know why this is on the list. Well, do people argue about this? I don't think people argue about it. But again, I don't know if it's a film that people necessarily immediately think as a Christmas film. Oh, because you think of it as, oh, it's Eddie Murphy's second movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, but it's, I mean, of course, it's, it's Dan and Dan Aykroyd is walking around as the dirtiest Dan Aykroyd Santa Claus the salmon oh out God. of his suit. It's iconic. It is. It is. Jamie Lee Curtis, um, another great performance yeah. by her. To be fair, I did try and find another comedy to kind of slot in here. Right, right. I just couldn't find one. Right, right, right. Find one that really felt worthy of knocking Trading Places out of sure, this spot. Because sure. I think Trading Places, along with Die Hard, while maybe Trading Places is not argued as much as Die Hard, mm-hmm. but it's probably the bigger, as big a film as Die Hard that people don't necessarily think of as a Christmas movie. I said it on our review. It's my favorite pop, quote-unquote pop, crossover Eddie Murphy movie. Pop crossover the one with white people okay as opposed to coming to america or boomerang which have or harlem nights right which is black movies right or vampire in brooklyn vampire in brooklyn right it's a black movie okay now number one number one now for number one of course if, if we're doing this and we were just taking you know it would be die hard yes but Die Hard is grandfathered off the list. Okay. So what else can I put on here that's akin to Die Hard? That was my thought. Okay. So it had to be an action film that I don't know if people... Think of it as a Christmas film. As a Christmas film. And to be fair, this is an action film that people sleep on. Okay. Hard. And that would be Gina Davis, Samuel Jackson, Mm. The Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996. Does that take place during Christmas? It is de- there is uh does take place over Christmas, Christmas holiday. And this is this, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care. This is one of the best action movies. It really is. Of all time. Yeah, it really Maybe, is. Maybe easily top 50. And depending <clears throat> on who you ask, some people might even put it in their tw- top 20. It is an excellent, excellent, excellent movie. And I think actually. I know Thelma and Louise ha- has their devotees. I think this is Gina Davis's best movie. Interesting. I think she gets gets to play around yeah. with more range in this. Yeah, I think I might have to join the crowd and go with Thelma and Louise. Oh, you she's think- very good in this. But you you still will go Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I go with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think she's a you know. No, no, nothing real controversial here. I think Thelma Louise is a masterpiece. I, I do too. Yeah, and and so does Sharon Eldridge. She mm. says that she loves that movie. Thank you, Len. Mm. You, you're very welcome. You're very Although welcome. the part where she's in the kitchen with Samuel Jackson and she's cutting up the carrots really mm-hmm. fast, because if, for those of you that don't know, Gina Davis plays an assassin yeah. who loses her memory. Right. But she still has the muscle memory. muscle memory. So there's still this wonderfully absurd moment in the kitchen where she's preparing food and she's cutting up stuff really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, maybe I was a chef. Right. I'm so good with the knife. <laughs> <laughs> and I always think about that. Yeah. So Sharon Elders loves that movie. Farrell Blackwell says, no, he hates this movie so oh, hard. Oh, no. I, 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 I don't understand that. I don't understand that. At all. Okay. Um, and Catrice Greer says that hey, Gina Davis is fierce. Yeah. In the long kiss goodnight. And she is. Yeah. She is absolutely good. fierce. Uh, who directed that? Somebody really cool directed that. 
Oh, you know what? I had that. Uh, uh, I'll bring it up in a, in a quick second because I think I think it may be her. No, is it her husband at the time? Um, what's his name? Hold on, I'll tell you in a second. The Long Kiss Goodnight was directed by uh, yeah, Rennie Harlan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and written by Shane Black. There you go. There you so go. The bona fides. Makes sense why that would be yeah, good bones. Good bones. Absolutely great. Um, so there you go. There you go. If you take nothing from this, go see a long kiss good night. Yeah, go see a long kiss good night. Go Billy see Wilder movies. And the uh, Billy Wilder. Go see the apartment. Some people not in the war films may not be in the Solid <laughs> 17. Even though it's not like war like guns, but I understand. I understand if you don't want to see Solid 17. But see the apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See the apartment and see the long kiss goodnight. That would be my, you know, if you take away nothing from this. And if you want to see a high concept people escaping from a World War II POW camp, that would, of course, be victory with Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, and Pele, where they defeat Nazism with the power of soccer. I've never heard of this film. Come on, dog, stop. Yes, you have. I've never heard you of You have 100% heard of V for Victory. I never knew this. Sylvester Stallone and Michael, Michael Caine. Caine and Pele. I didn't know that they were in a movie. They are POWs. And then who, who are POWs? The three of them. Are you, wait a minute. They're, they're, they're like about 25, eight years apart, all of them. It's World War II and everybody was fighting. They are POWs, and then the Nazis want to put on a, a show, a, basically, where they play soccer against the POWs to show Aryan superiority. What is this, the longest yard in prison? It, it is 100. In a boot camp? That is exactly what it is. And then they play soccer against the Nazis to cover up an escape, but then at halftime, when they're actually supposed to escape, they're doing so well that Pele gives a rousing speech about how we can win the game. Pele? Pele. Gives a rousing speech. Yes. Pele acts. Pele. Okay. And they go out and they win the game. And it's the first time that many of us here in America ever saw a bicycle kick. Because <laughs> Pele does a bicycle kick. Mm-hmm. They win the game. And then the crowd rushes the field and sneaks them out. And they beat Nazism with soccer. And they have a joke where, where Sylvester Stallone is the goalie because they're, they say we're playing football. And Sylvester, you play football, this is how you catch a ball. And he can't figure out that you're not supposed to use your hands. Mm-hmm. So they make him the goalie. This is before or after Rocky. Oh, it's after Rocky. It's after Rocky? Oh, it's absolutely after Rocky. It's after Rocky. It's 100% after Rocky. I've never heard of this film. How have you never heard of V with Michael Caine, Sylvester Stallone, and Pele? They defeat Nazism with soccer. I, I, Pele does a bicycle kick. I've never heard of this film. I, I don't believe that this is. It's fantastic. I don't believe this is actually a film. It's fantastic. It is not, I'm sure it's not fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure it is 100% not fantastic. They bust up Pele and he holds his side. Of course. And he's like, come on, guys, we can win. We can win. He has a heavy accent. 
I guess it's a heavy Brazilian accent, which I as he is right, he's Brazilian. actually Brazilian, right? But you, we can win, we can win, and then they go and they win and they beat the Nazis. And so he's holding his side, right? Because they because they roughed him up. Because it's just before or after the bicycle kick. This is before the bicycle. Of course, kick. the bicycle kick <laughs> is course. the big where he does the bicycle kick, <laughs> and they show it and they slow mo the ball, of and you see the ball coming towards them, and you're like, oh well, clearly he's going to kick the ball, but like because we're Americans. And it's 1982. You had no idea that this black man was about to be upside down, mm-hmm. kicking the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Was that a black film? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, shame. Probably not. Hey, hey, hey. You're not cheating nobody but yourself not watching V for victory. You know. What is it actually called? I'm seeing. I think it might be actually called victory. Um, your brother <laughs> Damon and I watched this movie. <laughs> he says it is it is early eighties gold. It is. I, is he? I've never heard Victor. Of this movie. I've never. Who? And I will put Pele because somebody plays the Nazi. I'm, well, somebody has to. I'm sure they didn't recruit real Nazis. They'd have been much too. 1981. Old. 1981. Lord Michael Jesus. Van Von Sider. I wanted to. I mean, Max. I wanted to say it was Max Von Sider, but it seemed kind of vaguely. He's racist. in that movie. He plays a Nazi, of course. Who who who, who directs this? This uh, who who direct uh, this tour de force? John Houston. Wait, this. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Green. There's a tangent coming. <laughs> Boom! John Houston. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. They got a Wikipedia page. You see the just, Maltese just, Falcons. It's, it's, John Houston. It's, it's got it's got a wiki page just like the new marks from Baltimore. John Houston. Oh yeah, and 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 Princey's honor. Oh, huh, huh. Mm-hmm. Maltese Falcon. Treasure Sierra Madre. Treasure the, uh-huh. Treasure the Sierra Madre. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Asphalt Jungle. African Queen. The Man Who Would Be King. Princey's Honor. And Victory. Get the... <laughs> well, now I have to see it. <laughs> Honey, we're watching Victory this weekend. Apparently, it was called Escape to Victory. It was stylized as Victory. It's a 1981 American-British Italian sports war film which i like to point out that sports war film is a link apparently there's a list of sports war film directed by john houston and starring sylvester stallone michael kane max von Sider, and pele the film is about allied prisoners of war who are interned in a German prison camp during the Second World War who play an exhibition match of football against a German team. Boom. Oh, my. You're welcome. I have. To that is my gift to you. I, I can't believe this. That's I, my gift to you. I do not believe this. I have to watch this film. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do not believe they this. They defeat the Nazis with soccer. I do not believe this. I do not believe this. Um, Sharon Eldridge, and I see a, a couple of people are, are talking about our top five, and they mentioned that uh, Gremlin should have been on the list. Mm. Gremlins is another film yeah. that it actually was on the list, and the only reason I took it off the list was because I was trying to go do films that I thought were maybe more obscure. Sure. Because that, that is another one that gets talked about. Absolutely. As far as being a Christmas film. Absolutely. So that's the only reason why I didn't do Gremlins. But I... I recognize it's uh 
it's it's Yuletide here. At one point, one of the gremlins has on a hat, I believe. So, yes, there you go. All right. All right. Boy. All right, Vince. <laughs> you know, we're always doing good on time. And then things just get I away. I can't believe you've never heard of Victory. I've never heard of this film. I've absolutely never heard of the film whatsoever. No. In the Christmas mode, I'm like Alexander O'Neill. That's my gift to you. My gift. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, speaking of gifts that gifts don't keep on giving, ladies and gentlemen, the Michelle Mission has a very special gift for you coming in January. We're January where Vincent and I will be having our live podcast and screening of The Outside Story. Yes, sir. A cool film starring Brian Tyree Henry and Sadiqa Martin Green. We will be screening this film and doing a live podcast here in Philadelphia on Saturday, January 21st at City Winery in Philly. Tickets are on sale now. You can go to citywinery.com slash Philadelphia to get your tickets for our live event. It promises to be a whole lot of fun. Come on out, folks. Tickets are moving. Yeah, they're moving. They they, they really are. Actually, it's actually very surprising and very, very you, delightful. I'll say you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I was surprised at the, at the speed. The speed. Okay, okay. The speed, the right. speed of it. Speed know. of it, right. Yeah, that's it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Of course. Okay. Not at all. All right. <laughs> all right, Vincent. All right. It's time for the Game of Kings. All right. That's the key. of Duraville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent two actors, and he had six movies or less to get them, one at a time, connected to Derville Martin. And perhaps I'll use a bicycle kick. Perhaps you will use the bicycle kick instead of five on the blackhand side. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. No promises. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vincent, in keeping with the motif. Okay. Would you like Santa Claus or Mrs. Claus? You know what? I had a really interesting conversation about Mrs. Claus a couple of days ago. So I'm going to pick Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus. So this actress mm -hmm. who has played Mrs. Claus in a film oh, or okay. TV series. Okay, nice. Vincent and six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Derville Martin. Derville Martin. Two. Two. Shelley Long. Shelley Long. The problem with Shelley Long is that she didn't make that many movies. No, she did not, but she did movies. And I could get to her really easy. <sighs> and then the other problem is like, I remember. I remember very vividly saying, certainly this isn't why you left Cheers. <laughs> and she was in films that I was not interested in at all. But to be fair, she she had a few hits. Not super hits, but you know. Oh, okay. Here we go. 
wait. Oh! <laughs> oh! Now, for those of you at home, I will tell you that that is not Shelly Long in Popeye. No, that's not. That is Shelly Duvall. That's Shelly Duvall. Yes, Shelly Duvall. For those of you at home, I will tell you, because this will be of absolutely zero aid to Vincent, that Shelly Long played Mrs. Claus in the film The Mary-in-Laws. Shelly Long, was she in the movie with the crazy makeup that kept you young? Mm. I honestly don't know what Shelly Long was in. Oh, yes, you do. I honestly don't know what Shelly Long was in. While we are all reminiscing about her uh, career-making role in Cheers as yeah. Diane Chambers, so that's Michelle Mission sends a our condolences to the family of Kirstie Alley. Oh, don't confuse me. Who passed away this this week at the age of 71. I don't know what Shelly Long was in. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know the last film that she was sure. in? Sure. Okay. Let's see. Let's get to her filmography. The last film that she was in. Uh, well, she was in a film called Give Me Pity from this year. Mm. She was in The Cleaner last year. Mm. She was in Different Flowers in 2017. <laughs> Boy, yeah. A Matter of Time in 2014. And the going back in time, the first film going backwards that has a link is uh, 2013 Best Man Down. I have no memory. Of it's been a while since the height of Shelley Long's. Yeah, I don't. I mean, even at the height, like, like, what was her? What was her big movie? Her biggest movie? Yeah, her biggest movie was probably the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> she was in the Brady Bunch movie, and a very Brady sequel, <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh boy. I guess I could use that. Do you know the other anybody else in those movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I do? don't I don't know her name, but I know exactly who she is. And and the way I'll get to it, you'll just have to give me the actress's name and you'll know exactly who she is. So this is what I'll do to get to Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. In the Brady Bunch, mm-hmm. and then I'll tell you why you're going the long, the long way. I mean, I I, I know I am because because again, I don't know what else she would have been in. But Derville Martin is in all right. How do I want to get to Derville? How do I want to get to Shelley Long in the Brady Bunch? Derville Martin. 
to get to Shelley Long mm-hmm. in the Brady Bunch. Okay, so Duraville Martin is in um is in five on a black hand side with Leonard Jackson, mm-hmm. who's in um Boomerang with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Who's in I Spy with Owen Wilson? Okay, I know where you're going. Who's in Zoolander with what's her name that plays Marsha? Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor, who's in the Brady Bunch. There you go. Shelley Long. There you go. I knew but that's the super short way to get to her would have been with the Money Pit. She sure was in the Money Pit. Who was the lead in that? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. And Tom Hanks gets you too. Uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I like the Money Pit too. The Money Pit is funny. I forgot Shelly. You know what? I mix that combination up with the um, the Kathleen Turner, Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas movies, Michael Romance Douglas in the Stone, and and War of the Roses. Oh yeah, they did. War I the really Roses mix too, it up yeah. with War of the Roses. Because War of the Roses, yeah, they, they, like bang up, they bust up the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Money Pit is good. Money Pit is good. It's, it's funny. Um, but Shelley Long, like I said, she uh, she had those films. Yeah. The Brady movies. Those were probably her biggest films. Mm-hmm. But around the time that she does leave um, Cheers, mm-hmm. she has um, she has irreconcilable differences, which it which is a you know a, a, a modest success. Her, Who's in that? Uh, Ryan O'Neill and Drew and a young Drew Barrymore. She then does the the Money Pit. Mm-hmm. She does. Uh, she does have a big hit with Outrageous Fortune with her and Bette Midler. Yes. Um, and then she does Troop Beverly Hills, which is actually like a modest hit as well in 1989. Yeah. You know, so she had a little bit of a she had a run. Look, hopefully that irreconcilable difference is money still comes in. (laughs) If anything, she probably is still eating off of some Brady. That Brady Bunch money? Yeah. 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 That's probably where she's eating. Okay. But very good, Vincent. You got there. Right, 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 right. Now it's time for for good old St. Nick. So who plays Santa Claus? Well, this is not the Santa Claus in the Mary in-laws movie. Okay. But this actor did portray... Santa Claus okay. more than once. Okay. Vincent. Yes. In six movies or less. Six movies or less. Billy Bob Thornton. Get from Derville Martin to Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Mm-hmm. And again, another easy one. It is an easy one, but I'm going to get to him in a way because I'm going to get to him in a movie that I despise him in. That's a that's a long list for me, but it's ahead. actually just one for me. So, um, Durville, oh, I know how you're going there. Yeah, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, go. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, and I'll, I'll see if I can if I can stay old timey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will. Except for except for a leap. Well, maybe, maybe. Let's see. Let's see if I can do it. Um. Derville Martin mm-hmm. is in 
Oh, okay. <sighs> Duraville Martin is actually in um is in um I'm mixing my old timey actors up in my head. Okay. Dervil Martin is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with um, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn is in, um, oh my God, I just forgot the movie where, where, where she's on the boat with drunk Humphrey Bogart. Oh, The African Queen. Catherine Hepburn is in The African Queen with um, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart is in Sabrina mm -hmm. with Audrey Hepburn, who's in a film that I love, but I can't watch because it's like somebody made me a glorious dinner in Breakfast at Tiffany's. And then Mickey Rooney takes a shit in the middle of the dinner <laughs> as the Asian landlord. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I knew that's where you were going. Yeah. I knew that's exactly where you were going. Yeah, there you go. Um, it makes me so angry. I know, I know. Because I love Breakfast at Tiffany. And, and it, it comes really, out of nowhere in that movie. It come out of nowhere. Like, I wish I actually was a filmmaker. It would be so easy to edit him out. I know. You're right. You're right. It, 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 it's it's such a shame. And, it's, and it, it takes a big turd on what is really a a good movie. Yes. You know, it's a movie that's a little bit stuck Speaking in its time. Of, is that Billy Wilder? Breakfast of Tiffany's? I don't believe that's Billy Wilder. I don't believe that's Billy Wilder. Um, I'll let you know in a second. Yeah, that's Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards. Yeah. 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 Um, I figured you'd go there. Now, do you know where Mickey Rooney portrayed Santa Claus? Not at all. He is the voice of Santa Claus. In the Baskin Rass Rankin Bass mm -hmm. um, holiday specials, Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, and I believe he is also the voice in A Year Without a Santa Claus. Nice. Yes, he is the voice of Santa Claus. It's not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. There you go for a guy who reportedly was not the the nicest person in Hollywood. Really. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a child star. Was he a child star or a teen star? Like how child old star child because he, he he actually he was a child star, but as a teenager is when he blew up. Right, right. I but he he, he had he made a name. Him. Yeah, he had a little bit of a name as a kid, but he then you know like blew up hard. Blew up hard. Sharon Eldridge said that Vincent never goes the Catherine Hepburn route. Very good. This yeah. is thrilling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, what? Somebody asking for us to change what we're doing, the movie that we're reviewing. Um, <laughs> we can't do we that. To just review a different movie. They're they're chiming in from Facebook, and Facebook doesn't unless like I can't see the name. But they're asking, can we switch Soul Food Christmas from this Christmas to almost Christmas? I mean, the mama died and there's a secret pie <laughs> recipe involved. 
we actually already reviewed this Christmas. We did. We did that last year. So. That's right. And this Christmas had a dead father. That's true. Remember, That's she true. Was, she was with Delroy Lindo. And 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 hello, meow manifesto. How are you doing? <laughs> Yelling from the back. I see you. I see you. All right. All right. So there you go. There you go. Very good, Vincent. All right. All right. It is now time for us to get into our review of Almost Christmas. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. We're not gonna make it to Christmas, are we? Not a damn chance. Nothing says the holidays quite like family. I wasn't expecting you for another day or two. Your room's upstairs. But the liquor's in the dining room. Hey, Walter, is the family coming for Christmas? Every single one of them. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Where's your husband? Ex-husband. Oh. Hey, Rachel. You know he's single. Okay, mama. So sorry about your loss. The African American woman is the backbone of the black family. Who is this white man? Listen <laughs> to those pink pants, Malibu Barbie. <laughs> they gonna kill each other out there. Uh oh, somebody got a boyfriend. I got vibrators older than that child. Get it, it. You burned the macaroni. It was gonna be disgusting. I did you a favor. Do me a damn favor. Don't burn down the damn house. What the hell did y'all do? You can't afford to buy me no more outfits like this. This is my Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. All I'm asking is for five days, the all to act like a family. You all should feel like a bunch of dumbasses. I'm just gonna blow my buzz. If I close my eyes, I can see mom in here like it was yesterday. She is here. She's in every pot, in every pan. We are standing on holy ground. My husband's gonna kill himself. Nothing like positive reinforcement for the holidays. That's not good. Come on, Santa Claus, time to go get them ho ho hoes. Did you find everything you need? Sometimes you find things that you're not even looking for. Baby. Boy, I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm going to stab your ass with this fork. Do you hear me? I would love that. Well, at least I know it can't get any worse. Lonnie? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You two know each other? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, oh my God. What the hell is going on? I'm his wife, you dumb bitch. Who are you calling a dumb bitch? You, you dumb bitch, young bitch, silly bitch, dead bitch. She got the gun, bitch. Lonnie, if you're going to bring bitches in here, bring a smart bitch. I'm too old for this. Almost Christmas. A dysfunctional family gathers together for the first Christmas since their mother died. This 2016 Christmas comedy drama film written and directed by David E. Talbert stars Kimberly Elise, Monique, Nicole Ari Parker, Gabrielle Union, Carrie Hilson, Jesse Usher, Danny Glover, D.C. Young, Romani Malco, John Michael Higgins, and it is Vincent's selection for tonight's stop on <clears throat> a very Christmas Michelle mission. Vincent, what say you of Almost Christmas? 
probably the most succinct way to give the Michelle Mission review of this film is to just recite the text exchange that you and I had about the film when we were choosing movies for December, where I said I wanted to do Soul Food Christmas and I want to do Almost Christmas. And then you text me back <coughs> almost immediately and said, we, we reviewed that already. And I said, no, no, no. We reviewed the other Soul Food Christmas. This Christmas. This Christmas. Because Almost Christmas and This Christmas are part of maybe a half dozen, almost 10 different variations mm-hmm. of this movie. This, 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 in a lot of ways, it's a riff of soul food where, where you have a family and, and there are siblings and each sibling has their own little plot. And then they come together for a big dinner. Mm-hmm. In this case, in these in these versions of this soul food riff, they come together for Christmas. And that's what goes on in this film. It's, some of the details vary from here to there, but it's all pretty much the same movie. And much like the Hallmark movies, <clears throat> they're pretty harmless. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty harmless. And, and we're going to go ahead and walk through here, but I'm going to land on this, you know, this movie is pretty harmless. So I'll start with the, 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 the aspects of this film that I would say should be critiqued. Okay. First, this film commits the contradictory sin that a lot of films that have these multiple plots commit where contradictory, because on the one hand, it's too long. Like the film's almost two hours long. There's no reason for this movie to be two hours long. Yeah. On the other hand, it is way over plotted. Mm-hmm. And almost all of the plots are underdeveloped. Yep. So the film is too long and the plots are underdeveloped. It's not something that I think disqualifies this film, but it is certainly something that if you're looking at it as a film, you would notice. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think the tone shifts just are wildly all over the place. The plot of this film, Danny Glover plays the patriarch of this family, a family with four children. The children played in age order, I believe. Kimberly Elise is the oldest daughter Romani Malco is the oldest son. Kimberly Elise is the oldest daughter. She is a physician and she's married to a, a dentist, per- a dentist to a middling old basketball player played by J.B. Smooth. Mm-hmm. Romani Malco is plays the oldest son. He is running for Congress and his wife is played by Nicole Ari Parker. Mm-hmm. The second daughter, the younger daughter, is played by Gabrielle Union. Mm -hmm. Gabrielle Union is divorced, and she's in law school, which apparently is one of many professions that she has tried to pursue. So she's kind of hand-to-mouth. She's a 
basically a, a starving student, but she's a starving and single mother and single mother because she's also divorced. And then the youngest child is played by. And I just lost him. That would be Jesse Usher, right? Jesse Usher. Yeah. Jesse Usher, who I have to say, I have noticed Jesse Usher more in the past two to three years, more than I ever noticed his existence because he stars on Amazon's adaptation of the comic book, The Boys. Mm -hmm. When the film starts, Danny Glover's wife, the matriarch of this family, has died 10 months previously. So from the very beginning, it's like, whoa. So this is the first Christmas without mom, Mm -hmm. which seems like a lot. Yeah. In a film with J.B. Smoove and Monique plays the the deceased mother and wife's sister, Mm -hmm. Danny Glover's sister-in-law. So in a film with Monique and J.B. Smoove, first Christmas without dead mom Mm -hmm. seems like a lot. But you think, okay, this is the the, the tinge of melancholy that you get in a lot of Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. This film really leans in on that. Yeah. Like, this is a huge plot point Mm -hmm. from child to child, from plot to plot, about the mother being dead. And this is just one detail where the again the tone swings wildly where you have these madcap moments you know jb smooth is always jb smooth monique a bit um reserved for a monique comedic role but still monique and then every now and then you get these long sweeping shots of people mourning because it's only been 10 months Mm -hmm. Again, JB Smoove is Kim Elise's character's husband, and he is and he cheats on Kim Elise. Yeah, yeah, he does. But this is a plot point that I don't know if the film is really quite sure how we're supposed to deal with it. There's a moment at a dinner <clears throat> where the woman that he's cheating on her with ends up at the dinner. Mm-hmm. And from moment to moment, the tone changes where it's almost a Tyler Perry type farce energy with Monique and JB Smoove and Gabrielle Union in a comedic vein leaning into, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen. But then there are moments where you realize that Kim Elise's marriage is disintegrating right at this table in real time with her children watching. Yes. Two kids. Not only that, but at the conclusion, uh, talking about the tone shifting, sometimes they shift from second to second, where there's again. Oh, not that they're, they're not her kids. I'm sorry, they're not her kids. They're Romani Malco's kids. I thought they had children too. Mm-hmm. I thought they so they don't have any children. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Well, I guess in front of the nieces and nephews. And okay, right. where she pulls out a rifle, and again, it's it's very Medea esque energy. Hmm. All the way until the moment where she actually pulls the trigger. Yeah. And then there's a beat where the film has Danny Glover playing Danny Glover trying to talk her down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this, I, I think, is is really, 
you know, David E. Talbert's background is on the stage. And I think a lot of this is, is the, these tonal issues is his reach extending his grasp or his grasp. I, I never know how that saying goes. I don't know <laughs> if the reach or the grasp, but he's, he's trying to do something that I don't know if at this moment he's displayed the skill to do. Right. So those are critiques. Mm hmm. Having said that, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I kind of like. Okay. I like the cast. Like, from cast person, I like everyone in the cast. Going back to a lot of his underdeveloped, damning with, with or, 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 or critiquing with faint um, negativity, a lot of my critique is that I wanted more of some of these actors. Hmm. Romani Malco, not enough him. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago. The vampire. On, yeah. Love Romani Malco. Not enough of him. Nicole Ari Parker might as well not be here. Yeah. And 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 as this sort of metatextual element in these movies, because she, of course, was on the long-running television show, Soul Food. You know she's capable mm -hmm. of being in the midst of all this. JB Smoove and Monique bounce off each other exactly how you think JB Smoove and Monique would bounce off of each other. I don't think you get enough of it. John um, Michael Higgins shows up, mm -hmm. who this is our second time with him in the past couple of months because he was on Blade. He was in Blade um, Trinity. Mm -hmm. Love John Michael Higgins. I love him. Love John Michael Higgins with Romani Malco in the moments that they're together. Not enough of them. So one thing that there is enough of, and I'm glad they made this decision. I'm always looking for funny Gabrielle Union. Okay. And we get to see funny Gabrielle Union in here. She does physical comedy. She does um, great line delivery. There's one line delivery she does at dinner. It cracks me up. The line delivery at dinner, the, the one that cracked me up the most the the sibling relationships are good overall. I don't really understand the Kim Elise Gabrielle Union just acrimony. See what I did there between them. But Gabrielle Union with her other siblings are are great, and Gabrielle Union and her brother J Jesse Usher, who's the much younger child, <clears throat> she has a line where she tells him, you know, you know, clearly you were an accident. Oh, yeah. He says, you know, I wasn't an accident. And she says, oh, yeah, because couples always have their fourth child in their 50s. <laughs> and just her line reading of it is so sharp. Yeah, that there's that. So that all of that Omar Epps shows up. Always nice to see Omar Epps. So that, you know. It's a soul food Christmas. It's one of these movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has its issues, but again, I'm going to land where I started. It's, you know, pretty harmless. <coughs> it's a very harmless film, but I don't like it. Okay. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. Um, from the beginning, I, I, the film tries to endear itself to you, to the audience. By having having a uh, opening 
that takes you through the lifetime of Danny Glover's father character, his relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. It starts back when they, or I think it even starts when they first meet. meet. Yeah. And then it kind of like jumps ahead years through the years, the birth of the kids and them moving into the new house and, you know, raising the kids and everything like that until, and, um, then Danny Glover and uh, takes over the role in these flashbacks um, and all the way up to when she has passed and you see him sitting alone in the, in the house and in, in their bedroom. Right. And it's a very solemn, mournful moment. Right. And it's meant to get you on the side of this character and feel the pain that he is going through at that moment, which you have to imagine it's very immense, mm-hmm. right? But I couldn't help but look at that and think that, oh, they're trying to recreate the opening of Pixar's Up. Okay. Which is considered one of the most, like the opening of Up is one of the best movies yeah. of all time. Right. But it, it's it, it is that opening follows that same track, that same storyline. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do the same wow. thing here. And here it fails to me. It doesn't it, it just didn't connect to me. It didn't it didn't get me there because. One, because I don't think it's as well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and two. And some might say this is a nitpick, but it's, it just bothered me. I am taken out of that scene of us watching this couple in flashbacks grow and mature in their relationship and in their love as their family grows. I am taken out of that by Danny Glover and the paint that he is wearing <laughs> in his hair. Okay. Because in his in his or the movie ma- filmmaker's decision of having his hair painted brown, a brown that I don't believe exists in the coloring book <laughs> throughout the movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. They, they commit to that it takes me out of feeling for this obviously old man <laughs> because the paint is not just in his hair on top of his head it is on his mustache and his beard as well mm-hmm. and thus it makes this old man who we are supposed to be sympathizing with as he is dealing with the catastrophic loss of his wife. It looks like he is, you know, still plagued with some vanity issues Mm. of wanting to look like a young man. Interesting. So, so you think, you think it was actually die in the movie as opposed to, 
like almost a Tyler Perry bad wig situation. Well, I don't know. I don't know whether or not this is is Danny Glover's choice or the filmmaker's choice. Whomever's choice it was, it's the wrong choice Mm -hmm. for this film. That kept taking me out of some of these scenes, right? Then you like the cast. I like this cast individually, Mm -hmm. but together they have absolutely no chemistry. Perhaps that is a a fault of the script because like you said, it is overplotted and nobody is really given much room to kind of like fully develop their characters in any type of way, in any real significant way. But this is a cast, uh, except for the kids, of very seasoned actors who, if it's not in the script, should be able to give off in their in their posture the the impression that they are actually a family mm-hmm. and that is absent from this entire film i the reason why i don't feel the real beef between uh gabrielle union's character and kimberly elise's character is because i don't believe they're sisters they don't come off as sisters mm-hmm. um I don't, Romani Malco is not in the movie enough, nor is he around anybody enough for me to believe that he is actually a brother or a son there. And while there are allusions to how grief-stricken they are at the loss of their mother, I actually only felt that in one scene. Mm. And the one scene I felt it was by the person who I think, outside of the kids, who was giving the best performance in this movie, and that is Jesse Usher. Mm. Because there is a moment after he has a car accident and he is in the hospital and he gives a speech about exactly why the loss of his mother means so much to him Mm -hmm. and how much, you know, about his mother, because we buried it. He was, he's a, a promising college football star right. who dealing with an injury is like got a slight addiction to painkillers, um, which then causes him later to have an accident. That's never really developed. It's, it's, you just see him <laughs> popping pills every once in a while. Right, right, right. And um, apparently, you know, the painkillers make him sleepy. He has a car accident. Right. But he's a promising football player who looks like, you know, he's destined for the NFL. And in that scene in the hospital, he talked about how his mother was going to be his date to the draft and that they were going to be wearing matching outfits and that how his mother was always there for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and it probably was not lost on it on him. And it, it's it's unsaid here. But that you know he realizes like he wasn't an accident but he had older parents right and you know he wanted you know his mom to be there right. knowing that you know time was not necessarily on on their side and you can see how wrecked he is 
mm-hmm. in that scene. And it actually comes through. And that is actually the first time in that entire movie that anyone in that film, to me, really brought that woman, the mother, into this movie. Well, she's definitely more symbol. Yeah, but uh, person. she's more symbol, but she she is a strong symbol. There is there is this 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 subplot of these missing recipes that they can't yeah. find of all of everything that she used to cook, and yeah. especially the this miraculous uh, sweet potato pie. Right. And the father gives lip service to I looked all over and I could not find you know the the this this magic tin where she kept keeps all of her recipes. In his defense, it was in the cabinet. Well, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Because then the kids have lip service to like, yeah, I wish we could just find mom's find mom's recipes. Right. And then, lo and behold, three quarters through the film, right, right. as they are trying to just cook and like cook for their own, they go in the cabinet <laughs> looking for ingredients. Right, right. And they're amongst the ingredients. Right above the sink. Right above the sink. Yeah. And it's not on the top of the cabinet. No, no. And it's not on the third tier of the cabinet. Yeah. It is on the middle shelf of the cabinet. I feel like that was a detail that probably could have been seen to with another draft of the script. There is the tin. Yeah. The, the, lo and behold, they... I can't believe it was in the cabinet. In the cabinet. It, it was in the cabinet. It was in the cabinet. Not behind things. Yeah. It was in the cabinet. It was in the, I mean, I think it was with the, the ingredients cabinet. that we, you would use <laughs> for the recipes. Yeah, right. It's actually a good place for, for the, the recipes. I'm like, are you out of your freaking mind? Yeah. That that. That was so freaking annoying to me. Yes. Like, because the, the, Monique, mm-hmm. Monique's backstory, because like all these movies, you got to have everybody's backstory. Everybody got a backstory. Monique's backstory is that she is, you know, a traveling background singer. Yeah. Backup yeah. singer. And she thought she was going to be on tour, but she's not on tour. So she, she came here to be with family. And she's going on and on about how when she toured with Mick Jagger and, and the Jacksons and Patti LaBelle and this and that and these and those and everything like that. Later in the film, she's sitting down with Danny Glover's character and they have a heart to heart about the, uh, his his wife. Danny, yes. Danny talks to her and I don't, for some reason, Danny, he looks very frail in this movie. I don't know if that is, he's supposed to come off as frail. But he looks very frail, and I think it sneaks into his acting, because I don't think he's given that great a performance. Well, he's kind of sleepwalking through the whole thing. But but in this scene, he's, he's, just morning. he's talking about how he, you know, he, 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 again, paying lip service, how he misses his wife. And then he says, like, you know, how I wish I had, you know, could have been more for her mm-hmm. right words to that effect and then monique her sister mm-hmm. who we are meant to believe had a strong connection with her sister mm-hmm. tries to console him by telling him a story about how she went on tour to where Paris or something like that. Yeah, it was a series. So to the went to tour on Paris, and I was I went here and I was on the Alpha Tower and I was there and I was there and I was living, 
you know, my happiest life. Mm-hmm. Living my dream. Living my dream, living my happiest mm-hmm. life. And my sister was living hers too. Yes. Does she give any type of idea that there was a connection between her and her sister? Does she say that her and her, you know, her sister often talks about how happy she was no, she does. to be with with Danny Glover? Yeah. Does she does she talk about how her impression of her sister's relationship with Danny Glover and how you know, much she admired, you know, him for doing this for her sister. No, she just says, my sister had a happy life too. Yeah. Excuse me? You can't give a little bit more? Yeah, I think that's like a it. problem with the script. Yeah, but I feel like you're expecting a lot from a script from the man that made he say, she say, but what does God say? Perhaps mm-hmm. I'm wanting more. I'm wanting more, but I'm also wanting a little bit more from look. That may have been the only written dialogue that Monique speaks in this entire line in movie because her and JP Smooth are riffing. You're just riffing. They're just yeah. riffing out through anything. Yeah. And I feel like she could have riffed something a little bit yeah. better there yeah. that would have gotten over the, the sentiment that he was going for, right? And you talk about tonal shift. J.B. Smooth, we're, he's a middling basketball player who mm-hmm. has a Croatia all-star championship ring mm-hmm. that he is showing off all over the place. Yes, he's a middling player. Yes, he seems very obnoxious, but you're not led to believe that there is too much dysfunction in his marriage with Kimberly. Right. You think he's just obnoxious. He's just a jerk. Yeah. You know, because he he seems very family oriented. Right. You know, he's there, he's playing with the kids, you know, they all love him and everything like that. So when he out of left field. Yeah. and, and, And it's not an affair. When out of left field, he goes to the back room of a supermarket yeah. to knock off some young chick. And then it's, t- it's blowing her head up about bringing her out to Chicago. That seems total, totally like incongruous with the, the, the character, what little they, they built up, that has been, we've been sold on for this film. Well, they had to figure out a way to get Kimberly Elise and Gabrielle Union over the hump. Right. But that's not, to me, that's not the way to do it. That's not the way to do it. And then Gabrielle Union. Yes. Who I like Gabrielle Union. Mm -hmm. I like Gabrielle Union a lot. But this movie, you can tell that there are scenes, especially the scenes with Omar Epps as kind of like the the high school love returned home and they're rekindling things. Um, you could tell that those scenes are set up to show the lighter side of Gabrielle Union, mm-hmm. the funny side of Gabrielle Union. You talked about she gets the opportunity to do physical comedy. She yeah. gets her gets her Lucille Ball on trying to climb into the window of the house. Um, she gets a little bit scatterbrain things going on. Mm-hmm. She gets her moments to to showcase that skill set. I honestly, I'm sorry, I don't think she the movies serves her well and i don't think she delivers i don't know whether or not that is the director not really setting up the shots right or she is just not giving 
giving it her all. I like Gabrielle Union enough that I'll give, give her the benefit of a doubt that she's not 100% giving it her all. And that's because she, along with not having any chemistry with her sister, Kimberly Elise, or anybody else in the family, has zero chemistry with Omar Epps. Well, I feel like he just kind of shows up. Well, okay. He yeah. kind of shows up. He he literally just shows yeah. up oh, and just yeah. keeps showing up. But they are, there are scenes, especially a scene when they go jogging, where you're meant to try and feel something between them. You don't feel anything. There is absolutely no chemistry between them and any type of romance that is born out of their their scenes does not feel earned and it's a big play at the end of the film and it does not feel earned at all not at all like i said gabrielle union she has a funny line reading at the dinner table where you know things are blowing up with girlfriend you know the 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 supermarket girl coming there um, and things are getting out of hand. And Kimberly at least looks at Gabrielle Union. like, like, because Gabrielle Union is the one who kind of like invited her there because she knew about the, which again, it just seemed wild, just, just cruel. That seemed very cruel. Yeah. Out of character. And, And again, brings up another plot hole, but, just getting into this line, mm-hmm. Kimberly Elise says, like, oh, so you knew. And then Gabrielle Union, funniest scene in the movie, says, What? Yes, I'd like more ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best scene. That's, that's, that was your one. That was my one. Yeah. That was my one. But then, so girlfriend comes, JB Smooth runs out of the room before girlfriend can see that JB Smooth is here, where she doesn't believe he is. Gabrielle Union goes goes into the kitchen as well. JB Smooth confronts Gabrielle Union. It's like, why would you do that as far as inviting right. girlfriend to the dinner? Right. JB Smooth had at that moment, we're not led to believe that he has any idea that she invited her her to the dinner, nor are we led to believe that she that he knows that Gabrielle yep, Union knows about him cheating with her. I think when she, old girl comes in the, the door and in, in, in your defense, it's a lot of crosstalk mm-hmm. because the whole scene is a mess. It's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. But I think she says something to the effect of you invited me. And then Gabrielle Union says, you didn't get my message not to come. And or, or you didn't get my message, and she's oh I don't check my voicemail. Okay, so even like, if, it's yeah. So, but even if he hears the yeah. you invited me bit, yeah. he still doesn't know that she knows. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, he knows. <laughs> anyway, yeah. at the end of the day, I just feel that the movie is a bit of a mess. Absolutely, it doesn't coalesce together at all. Um, the the tonal switches keep taking me in and out of the film. I don't feel any of the the big moments that they're big revelations and you know Romy Romani uh, Romani Malco's um character getting a change of heart as far as becoming a congressman and anything like that. I don't feel anything lands in this movie at all. And I was I was just bored. Mm. I and I it, I just land on I don't think it's a good film at all. Mm, you know I did like Gabriel Union. I like the kids. 
The kids were pretty good. I like the kids. Kids were pretty good, actually. I like Gabriel Union. I like Jesse Usher. Jesse Usher. Mm-hmm. And for the role that she plays, Carrie Hilson is good. She, look, man, she she, <laughs> she 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 who plays like the other woman. Yeah, she plays the other. I really like Monique. I, I'm gonna put a really in front of that. Like, I actually, I really like Monique. Like, I liked uh, to to the the through line in here. I think part of it is she was not shackled mm-hmm. to the script. Well, no, like, she was not like, at but, all. But but she brought some energy. Okay, I'll give she you that. Some energy. I'll give you that. And and frankly, I think she brought more energy to the moments with Danny Glover, who I do think was sleepwalking through through the whole thing. And you know, again, if I want to give him the benefit of the, of the doubt, say he was sort of in mourning. Mm. But yeah, I like Gabri- Gabriel Union. I like Monique. And, and you know, just sort of. At some point, you're going to be wrapping gifts in the next few weeks. <laughs> so you just kind of put it on. This is very much that one of those. You know, again, I think it's it's, you know, this in and and this Christmas were released in the theater, mm-hmm. but BET and TV One, and now and, Netflix and bounce right Netflix, like they churn these movies out every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know. You got you heard you you got to hear Danny Glover say I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, he yeah, to put that in every movie now. But in your heart, you know they wanted to squeeze in some color purple stuff at the dinner table. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think Danny Glover said we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know they wanted a color purple. I'm movie. sure. I'm sure he's going for every riff he could. Yeah. Every riff he could. Yeah. But yeah, you know. Yeah. So would you recommend that people see Almost Christmas? Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> there's the rub. Recommend is so active. <laughs> yeah, you know, like go and watch that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd recommend it. Like, <laughs> like go and find it. Yeah, but again, over the like, like somebody's gonna be putting together, and I do appreciate the fact that the dish that he was having difficulty making was sweet potato pie, which is hard to make. But, you know, at some point, y'all are going to be making a sweet potato pie or some macaroni and cheese or wrapping some gifts. And if you have TV One or Bounce or BET One in the background, there's a short. Would you recommend the movie? If if it comes on BET (laughs) while you're wrapping gifts, yes. So you recommend not turning it off. I recommend (laughs) not turning it off. That is 100%. I stand behind that. If a television is already on and this film is on the television, I recommend that you continue doing what you're doing. And leave it on. And leave it on. Make your Christmas playlist. Mm -hmm. Wrap some gifts. Mm -hmm. Put up your Christmas decorations in the background. Mm. And you... No. No. Would you recommend turning the channel? I would, like, turn- would you recommend getting up and turning the channel? Well, first of all, no one's getting up to turn the channel. I mean, you know. But, um, yes, I would I would hastily turn the channel because I would I would argue that while this might be on TV1 or 
bounce. Mm-hmm. Maybe even BET. Maybe mm-hmm. even BET plus. Or BET for her. Mm. Pretty safe in saying you'll find something else on television. But now I gotta look for it. No, you don't. No, you don't. I gotta look for it. No, you don't. Go to the Hallmark Channel. Go to Netflix. Go to the Hallmark Channel. These movies will pl- be playing on a rotation. Oh, well, yeah. See, I think it's Lifetime. Better. They'll I be playing on a rotation. I think it's better than upwardly mobile white lady lawyer who goes to the small town and meets the guy and Oh, you go on Lifetime. This they, they got a few. They got a few of the black. And then you realize that you want to lead a big city and live. In a small no, no, town no, no. You go to Hallmark or, Li- or Lifetime. There'll be be a few movies like the Tia and and Tiara Maori. They they got a, like like tons of these movies. You know, they, are they uptight or are they upwardly mobile lawyers? The, upwardly mobile town and then lawyers the, or or you, or bakers. Moving to Black Christmas Town, USA. Black Christmas Town. You know, making sweet potato cookies. (laughs) Red velvet eggnog. Red velvet eggnog. (laughs) You just walk through the town and you just see little children going, in my mom. (laughs) Black Christmas Town is probably awesome. (laughs) You know it is. You know it is. Shoot. So, no. So, I, I, no, I can't do it. Then we recommend getting up mm. and, and, and going to the God and what is on. I would recommend almost anything else. Almost but anything any, else. Almost Christmas. <laughs> this or this Christmas? This Christmas. This Christmas over... It's almost it's a better cast. It's a better cast. Is it a better cast? Idris Elba, Regina King. Okay, keep done. Going. Keep going. Delroy Lindo. Okay. Loretta Devine. Oh yeah, Loretta Devine. Done. Is it done. Better, might be a better cast. Okay, so so this Christmas over <laughs> almost Christmas. <laughs> yeah, easy. Okay. E- easy. All right. Monique wears several wigs in this one. <laughs> Monique making up the dishes was really funny to me. And her describing bubble tea. Yeah, that was yeah, that was very funny. That but was. again, I think that is in spite. But also, there's also that's also one of the weirder, like one of the <laughs> more troubling films in the movie because those parents like force feed that food to that kid. <laughs> that made trauma- me laugh. It just traumatized that child, boy. For Romani Malco to be so funny, he does not get an opportunity I know. to be funny. In I know. Here. Yeah, yeah. I know. All right. I don't have energy right. to fight you about. <laughs> oh, my God. Miss McKeeba says, um, sweet potato cookie sounds like the move, though. Uh-huh. Red velvet eggnog. <laughs> All this is in Black Christmas Town. <laughs> All right, all right. Before we tell you about the film that we we will be reviewing next week and the very special guest Mm. that we have next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to check out the Michaud Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every Black film ever made. Go to MichaudMission.com where you can hit swag. Check out all of the cool designs that we have by way of our good friends at T Public. Um, including our Six Degrees of Dorval Martin collection. And yes, for you in the chat who are asking for a 
top five t-shirt because you like our logo um look for that that will be debuting next week all, all right because right. you're not the first one that asked me about that and me and me and Vincent just got finished a very secret project we've been working on for a year. So <laughs> <laughs> finally got it to the, the stages. You'll be hearing about that in 2023, yes, folks. sir. Um, so I've got time again. Um, also, feel free. Leave us a voicemail. Hit us up at 215-867-9666. Tell Vincent and Len what are on your mind. Email us at michellemission at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for now at me show mission subscribe to the me show mission on YouTube, youtube.com at me show mission. Love building our subscribers and wherever you check out our audio podcast, especially if it's Apple, please give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people find our show, which is a proud member of the podglomerate, the podglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. All right. Next week, ladies and gentlemen here on the me show mission. Boy, we have a doozy for you as we stay in the holiday mode, and we have a very, very special guest. If you are a fan of Philadelphia radio, then there is, especially um, hip-hop and soul music radio here in the city of Brotherly Love, and it comes time to listen to news, Mm. the news that you can use, there is only one voice that people turn to here in our city, and that is iHeartRadio's very special Lorraine Ballard Morrow. Wow. Who will be our very special guest next week here on the Michelle Mission as Vincent and I review Lorraine's choice last holiday starring none other than Queen Latifah herself last holiday from the year 2006 next week here on the me show mission all right i am really looking forward to that absolutely that promises to be big fun until then he's vincent i'm len and in parting we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again